What's up? What's up? What's up? It's your boy Marquise, aka Marquise the Mogul, and you're tuned into another episode of Letter to My Son. And today, I'm fortunate to have a fantastic guest, man. This brother, he is really on the front lines, dealing with a lot of the issues that are that are hurting and killing our youth today. He's a he's been um, a youth detention officer in multiple facilities here in Delaware. He works in behavior health, uh, helping these young guys deal with a lot of mental health issues and uh, substance de- substance abuse disorders. Um, he's a coach for the 302 Chargers here in Delaware. He's a mentor. He's a leader. And most importantly, he's a father to two amazing children. And I'm not just saying that because they're my niece and my nephews. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to introduce you all to my brother, John. What's going on, baby? How you feeling today? Yeah, I'm doing good. Appreciate the intro. Happy to be on the show. Definitely something a little different for me, but we're going to see what we can do for the youth today. All right, man. That's what I'm talking about, man. That's what I'm talking about. And <clears throat> today, man, I want to get into a hot topic. A hot topic um, for a lot of first-time dads, um, for, for people who had parents and and they swear by it. But I want to get into setting boundaries and disciplining our kids, man. Like, especially where I'm, where, where we from, some of the older, the methods is like, when your kids step out of line, you got to pop them in their mouth. You got to, you got to beat them on their behinds. Like, do you think those methods are, are efficient or do we got to kind of move to a different direction like what's your take on discipline and setting boundaries for children for your children so i'm a little old school i ain't gonna lie to you i mean you know how we grew up in our household like you know we grew up we got our ass whooped excuse my language but that's just how we grew up so i'm uh i'm i'm like on the borderline like i believe it's, it's definitely a great line but i think a little bit of everything to help like i don't think that not being able to, you know, discipline your kids or, you know, being able to beat them is going to work. And talking ain't always going to work. So I believe in just a little bit of everything. You give them a little bit of everything, then, you know, the, you're going to have better results. You don't just want to be beating your kids. Then if they don't listen, you don't just want to be out here screaming at them and they're not taking no heed to anything you're saying. So I definitely believe in a little bit of everything. Okay. So, <clears throat> you know me, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of a, a, a new age parent. A little yeah. bit. So I, I'm gonna share a story with y'all. I actually I actually beat myself once, right? I'm not even gonna lie, I beat him once. And um the crazy thing is it made me feel worse than it made him feel. He was over it within like I don't know, like an hour. I cried the first time I beat my son. <laughs> my, <laughs> my wife still make fun of me to this day. Like, and the crazy part about it is I realized that. My son, he's so relentless, right? So in order for me to get the results that mm-hmm. I wanted, I was going to have to literally, ha- I was going to have to hurt him. Like the weapon, the whole intention of the of me to beat, for me to beat him was to redirect the behavior and to get a certain outcome. But when I did that and I wasn't getting an outcome, I literally realized in order for me to get the results that I wanted, I would have to in, uh, increase the amount of force that I was going to have to use on them to get them to do what I wanted them to do. And I was just like, damn, like, I'm not trying to hurt them or I'm not trying to make them fearful of me just to make him do something, right? I mm-hmm. want him to know that he's supposed to do it. And then if you don't do it, there's consequences behind it. Like, not 
I'm going to do something that's going to be so physically harmful to you that it's going to make you want to do whatever I'm telling you to do. I, I get exactly where you're coming from, but um, so it's like it, I, I'm trying to figure out the best way to say it. So I believe in the fair tactic without actually having to like physically do the actual you know mm-hmm. action. So like I'm one of those people where I got a nine-year-old son and I got a five-year-old daughter. And I was fortunate enough to um, my son is my stepson. I got I um, came into his life when he was around one years old, and I was fortunate enough to you know be able to be in his life and become his father figure. So with him, I noticed with boys and uh, like I said, I'm old school. So I definitely kind of and my 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 uh, girlfriend she gets on me. I treat my kids a little bit different when it comes to discipline. And I can admit that. And I don't necessarily think it's a good or a bad thing. I just think that, you know, it's kind of my way of doing it. And everybody has their own way. Every child is different. So yeah. some taxes work for some kids. Some taxes work for some parents. It, it's always going to be a little different. But with my son, he's a fighter. Like, straight up and down. He will fight you to the teeth, to the teeth and bone. Like, he don't care. So with him, it's to the point where... If, since I've already had to, you know, maybe like disciplining him or whoop him, he knows what I'm capable of. So I no longer have to, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like I can literally install the fear in him without actually having to physically beat him. But for the most part, like, well, my kids, they kind of consider me the fun dad or the fun parent. So for the most part, like, I don't really have to say much. Like, my kids are spoiled. So I could tell them we're not going out for two months. And they think we're not going out for the next year and a half. Like, they don't understand the concept of what the time means. So I could use different things with my kids. Well, my daughter, I found myself, I, I actually pop her. I wouldn't say I beat her, but she's been pop. But with her, like, same thing. If I raise my voice, she's such a daddy's girl. If she hear me raise my voice, she feels like it's the end of the world. And that's the thing, man. I, and I, you touched on something. Um with different kids, like different kids being receptive to different different things because my stepson, um, I came into his life kind of late in the game. Like people would be like, oh, you came into his life five. He was still little. But five is a is a big deal for you to start putting your hands on, on a kid that is not your biological kid, right? Like by that yeah. point in time, it's like, I don't really. You better. Their mind is kind of made up on mm-hmm. who's allowed to, you know, cross certain boundaries. Exactly, exactly. So during that time, it was like he was he would back talk his mom, and I was like, "Damn, man!" Like this is when I first was getting into the role of being a step parent and and being a, a, a father figure and a um, male authoritative figure in his life, and I knew I didn't like that behavior, and I kind of felt like I was walking on eggshells. Um, I didn't want to cross no boundaries, but at the same time, it was like you and my household, if this was any other child that I was responsible for, I wouldn't tolerate that behavior. So I still need to figure out a way that's going to respect your boundaries, but also allow me to set limits and boundaries in my household that you need to respect. So, right. So what I realized was, and the crazy thing is, luckily he's a sensitive child. So, like, raising your voice with him was going to get the necessary results that I wanted. Plus, we worked on kind of like a consequence system. And and I'm, I was going to go over something, the difference between, like, consequences and punishment, right? So, what a consequence is, um, is the effect or the result 
or the outcome of something happening. So, for example, if he didn't clean his room, if we had something fun planned for that night, while we continuing to do what we was going to do fun, he's going to be spending that time cleaning his room, right? Mm-hmm. Versus a punishment if he didn't clean his room that probably would have resulted resulted in like him getting a beaten or you know him some type of a, a physical um a physical punishment right so when i think about with my kids is i'm like man most times in life the consequences that the result of you doing something bad is not always going to end in something physical you know nine times out of ten if you do something you're not supposed to you're not going to get hit for it. You're not going to get beat for it. Right. In, our, in our legal system, if you do something against the law, it's going to be a consequence to it versus like a punishment unless you, you know, unless you're about to get the penalty or something like that. Then there's a physical pen, a physical punishment stemming back to your action. So what I want them to know is that for every action, good or bad, there's going to be a consequence or a reaction. So in my household, we kind of work on that type of system. If you don't, my son, he never used his inside voice. And that's something I got practice. I'm like, bro, like, why are you yelling? Why are you yelling in the living room? We all next to each other. So usually when I got to tell him to use his inside voice more than three times, he had to sit on a step for like five minutes. It's usually nothing too crazy. It's not really that bad for him. The actual going to sit on a step part is not. Is what is not what kills him. He's impatient, so he see people playing, and that is like torture for him. Mm-hmm. So I don't even gotta do nothing to him. All of now I gotta be like go sit on that step, and now he already associate that with a lack of being able to have fun or him missing out on fun. So, so I guess, and it's good that you did that because I like that's something that we have not done, and I think that's probably that's one of my issues. You know, as far as disciplining kids, I know I'm not. Um, I'm not consistent, like, and I know that. And I think I get it from my mom. And Makish, you can attest, my mom would tell us we was on punishment. She'd be like, yeah, you're on punishment. She'll forget by tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, my mom was more so, like, a, uh, she was a beater. Like, shit, and I got a lot of beatings. So <laughs> I kind of, so, and so what I think is, like, and um, I barely beat my kids. Like I said, I have, but it, it really takes a lot for me to actually put my hands on my kids, like, a lot. So what I noticed is I think it was because I've been beat so many times that it's just something is a last resort for me. Like I said, I believe in in like just intimidation. And for the most part, it worked. Like I believe that all kids should fear their parents. And I don't mean like literally be scared of your parents is a respect thing. Like I don't think that you should even have enough courage to walk up and disrespect your parents or do certain things in front of your parents. It's not technically a fear tactic. It's just a fear out of respect. So I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Do you think that there's a difference between fear and respect? Can you respect your parent without fearing them? Or can you not? I think it goes hand in hand. I'm not going to lie to you. I think it's really hard. And I think that's the problem with a lot of young parents is that they want to earn respect and the way they go about trying to get that respect, it almost comes off as like a friend or like a, you know, a kind of like an equal when it's really not that. Like, I'm, I, like I said, I'm a little old school. I'm going to keep repeating it, but I believe when you came out the room, you, you owed your parents respect. Like, that's who you, they brought you into this world. 
regardless of what they do. Like, even to this day, my dad, I don't disrespect my dad, and he was barely in my life, but I don't disrespect him. Like, that's just not something that I believe in, in doing. And it's like, you just shouldn't be able to do it. So I definitely think that it go hand in hand. I don't really see how you can respect somebody without having that type of, I guess we don't want to, we're not going to call it fear, but like I said, I don't know. So you you could probably help me out a little bit, bro, but it's hard to explain, but they go hand in hand. There's no way you can respect someone that you just feel like you don't have to listen to. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, and I'm, listen, the thing we on here, man, we on here to voice our opinions, man. Yeah, we learning, and, uh, so. We learning. Uh, that's a uh, listeners out there, man. We learning. And I'm actually going, I got, I got a little bit of a different take on that because I'm glad that you brought that situation up with your dad because my dad was, I'm not, I would never say that I was a, um, my dad wasn't an absentee father. Like I did see my dad and if I wanted to see him, I had reached to him, right? But my dad was was a misguided father. He wasn't equipped to to handle the responsibilities of being a dad, right? Mm-hmm. So I didn't fear my dad in the in the least. Like I didn't have no fear for him, but I respected him because he was my dad. You know, like again, like it was nothing that he could do that would bring fear to me because he wasn't a primary parent in my life. It wasn't not, it wasn't nothing he could take from me that I wanted. Um, it wasn't nothing that for real for I don't even think my dad would ever put his hands on me because of the relationship that we had. I don't even think he felt comfortable enough doing something like that. And again, my dad was always like the cool, like the cool dad. Like the type of things that he taught me was things that your OG would teach you, right? My dad mm-hmm. was like, we'll get into that in another thing, but his his lessons in life was like how to handle your liquor how to talk to girls, stuff like that. So, like, it never was a fearful thing for me with him, but I always had that respect. I, I think that just goes back to, like, our age demographic and then what we grew up on is just, like, you respect your elders regardless of their status, what they have, who they are. And if they was older than you, then you owed them some sort of respect. Yeah, we would respect the drunk down the street. Like, yeah. it just, like, it didn't matter, you know, the circumstances of life. But to piggyback off you said, let me ask you this. So do you feel like, like you said, you didn't fear your dad, but you had respect for him. Mm-hmm. So if your dad would have told you to do something that you didn't want to do, would you have had enough respect for him to do it? Or was you not fearful enough to even feel like because you didn't want to, you didn't have to? No, nah, like, I, I would do it. I would do it again. It was, uh, I would do it. I would absolutely so, do it. And, and, and that's where, if we're going to go all the way back to what I said originally, every child, every parent, every situation is different because, like I said, this is my blood brother that I'm talking to. We had different dads. But with me, because I didn't fear my dad, I didn't have respect for him either in, in, in some sort of way. Like, So, like, I wouldn't disrespect him, but if he was to tell me to do something that I wasn't comfortable doing and I didn't want to do, it was nothing that he could do to make me because I didn't fear him. I didn't respect him. So, I, like I said, it, it, it's always different for different childs and different parents. Mm-hmm. I mean, some kids, and I de- I've been in the juvenile detention center and all that. I mean, I dealt with kids that had all the resources in the world, families that love them, moms and dads, and they still out here running the streets, breaking into cars and things like that. So, it, it, it's really hard. It's no, it's no equation. 
is not some secret answer or something like that, that that we've really got to give to people. Like, I'm be honest with you, it's understanding your child. That's what it boils down to. I understand my kids. Like, mm-hmm. so I know what pushes their buttons and what don't. So the other day, um, my son got in trouble. And like I said, I do not like putting my hands on him because he is a fighter. And not that he'll fight back, but I just know if I put my hands on him, when he gets older, he's not always going to take that. He's a fighter. And I respect him because that, I, that's how I am. I love his mentality. I love the way he is. He's a fire. So that's why I don't, with him, I don't become physical because he'll he'll interpret it and just think that's the way life is supposed to be. You know what I mean? Like, he, he, won't, he won't be able to separate when to and when not to. So I always, like, with him, like I said, I'm a verbal person. I'm a very strict person with my son because I also believe when you raise boys, the world is not kind to us black men. That it's not. So I'm very strict when it comes to certain things, like um, whether it's cleaning the house up, whether it's leaving your sneakers out on, in the middle of the floor. And my girlfriend, she's always like, well, why do you always do that? And you know the house will become dumb because it, I just feel like because of this lack of discipline black men have or this lack of focus, it's just that we had such this bad stigma attached to us. And I just want my son to succeed. And I think that's why I'm really strict on him because I want the best. I don't want the world looking at him and judging him based off his appearance. Oh, you didn't, you didn't really, you didn't did it now, man. You didn't did it now. Ladies, I wish I had an applause button to give him because he just, <laughs> I wish I had an applause button to give you, man. I really do because, man, you did a couple of different things. Ladies, gentlemen, if you are raising, I'm two things he said. I'm going I'm to speak first to the, for the boys, right? When you are raising your sons, right, or anybody, kids learn from what you do and not what you say. And regardless if you're a parent, you, you agree with that or not, you better learn that. You could tell your child not to drink, and they see you drink every day, and nine times out of ten, they are going to drink. Because Absolutely. they saw you do it. And if you don't believe me, just keep doing what you're doing. And if it's good, if it's bad, you, you will see your children materializing those behaviors. For the young men, when you put your hands on these these kids, instead of trying to communicate with them clearly, what this does to them is make them feel as though that anytime they have a problem in the world, wow, or they're dealing answer. with somebody that they don't like, then the only way to get that point across that they're trying to make is to be physical. Mm-hmm. The only way they can persuade somebody is to be physical. They have to physically insert their beliefs or what they're saying. If a person does not agree with them, then they will automatically want to fight or put their hands on that person because that was how they were shown to get their point across or to mm-hmm. get somebody to listen. Right? Absolutely. Having clear communication with your boys is is best man that's why a lot of these guys man they don't know how to communicate and that's why they get so angry and they want to fight because they were never taught how to how to articulate themselves and talk because as soon as something goes wrong or something as soon as somebody does something that they don't agree with it it has to be physical because that's how they were taught they've only seen violence in their lifetime that's the only thing they've ever seen and even if you don't think it's violent and you are doing it just to for the to better your child, it's a violent act. You don't it's a it's an act of 
it's a physical act of violence. Like I'm not saying you're being violent towards your child, but like if you if you just think about it, if you beating your child for doing something they're not supposed to be doing, like it's it's physical. Like it's it's hitting them, right? Mm-hmm. And that's not to make you feel bad about doing it. Like, like I said, oh. everybody has disciplined their child at some point in time, right? But we yeah. don't know how they internalize it. At, you know, and, and if you do it a lot, then that really can make a difference. And not to cut you off, but my uh my girlfriend got on me about that. And she told me that she was just like, she was like, I understand what you're trying to do, but that doesn't mean he's interpreting it that way. Yeah. And it took me some time to really think about it. And I barely beat him. Like I said, I'm strict and she and that's just how I am. Mm-hmm. And she's oh and, and she's like, sometimes your tone. Like it might not necessarily be that I'm even screaming or anything. It's just my tone, my approach to things. And I'm gonna be honest with you, you know, and I know that's how I was raised. Yeah, I was raised by someone you know who 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 to get their point across. You getting cursed out. I'm gonna be honest with you. Yeah, like you getting cursed out, and you still getting it beaten. So I think I took the part as far as being strict and maybe like the screaming part, but because in you know I was beat the most because I was beat so many times. I don't. I know it didn't work for me, and I think that's what it is. And not to say that I won't beat my child in the future, or not saying that people shouldn't beat their child, but that's not the only form of discipline. That's basically what you yeah. know what I'm trying to get across. Like I said, it might be a time where you might really got to like yeah, like seriously. So it's about time, place, situation, and a person every time. Like I believe that in all circumstances and walk of life, nobody is the same. And I never believe in judging situations or people Mm -hmm. the same as I do other, you know, in other situations. I just don't believe in that. So discipline is a, is a really sticky subject and there's no, like I said, no answer to it, but it's just far as if we just have this open panel for people to listen to, people just got to learn to understand that it's not the only way. It's you not- do have to talk to kids. Like even at even when I would even when I would put my hands on my my, my kids, and I say put my hands on my kids because I don't beat my kids, and I, I it's just something that I don't do. Like I mean, like a pop, like yeah. like that's it. Like I just I've never physically put a belt to my kids. I've never like m- multiple times hit my kids. It's just not something that I do because when I'm heavy handed, my kids are little. My daughter doesn't even get popped. I might smack her hand or something like that, and that's enough. And the crazy thing is, like, it took me to become a parent to to realize that. Because, like, I, I've watched people's kids, and I'm like, damn, this little, need a, they need to whoop this kid. Like, I could tell they don't beat this kid. And then when I had my kid, and I was like. No, but you, said- you right, though, though. Because, like I said, this open panel. You right, some kids need it, though. Like, I'm, like you're not going to be five years old cursing. And maybe you need your ass whooped to be scared not to curse. Like, let's be real. I'm not saying that nothing nah. against it. Like. I've I seen it, like, and I still believe it. You're not like it's certain things that, yeah, you will get popped for. Like my, my kids ain't bad at all. Like I said, I get on my son for leaving his sneaker somewhere, yeah. getting his book bag things like that. But you could best believe if I turn the corner and my son is out there saying f this, this, this his ass mm-hmm. is getting beat. his ass is getting beat. Like it's not. Like, I'm be honest with you. Like it's so. It, it people got to understand. Like, like I said, that goes to the situation. Mm-hmm. Why are you beating your child? Because Maybe he might have left his coat outside because kids do it. I mean, we all done it. He yeah. left his coat outside and left it at school. And you know, we I, I probably would be for something like that before. Yeah, nah, that's that's true, man. It, the I think the 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 basis of it is. Oh, and I'm sorry not to cut you off, bro, uh-huh. but I do want the word to know. My mom raised five boys. Yeah. By herself. Yeah. We didn't have no sisters. 
She didn't have like we had like we had male figures, but never like constantly in the household. So like my mom whooped our ass because she had to, and I understand it. And I thank my mom for that because to this day my mom is maybe five three. I'm about five ten. And to this day, I still for some reason think she could beat me. Like, and that's what I mean by like for some kids it worked. Cause for me, the beatings didn't work, but I knew my mom wouldn't back down, like when it came to discipline. So it made me respect her. Mm-hmm. There was no change in my mom's mind. Like she might forget to put you on punishment. Did we lose you, John? No, I'm here. Okay. So yeah, I mean, but you're right. This new generation is different, though. I'm, I'm, I'm be honest. Discipline is on. Uh, you can't discipline some of these kids because their parents never disciplined them. So like, it's hard to go into a situation like, like, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I hear you. So like, everywhere you go, you have to be disciplined in some type of way, form or fashion. Mm-hmm. And it starts at your foundation. I went to school for uh, criminal justice. I learned about all types of just social learning, you know, of, of disorders. I learned about abilities to learn, how people learn to be criminals and all types of things like that. And what they all had in common, it really starts at the foundation. If you're not telling your child what to do, what not to do at home, what's acceptable, what's not acceptable, they can't, they're not, they'll never go into the real life and get it. Never. Yeah. It doesn't work like that. It's not something that you catch on later in life. It starts at the foundation. Because my mom was strict and I knew that at home things had to be a certain way, I knew when I got to school that these rules had to be followed and it had to be a certain way. I knew when I got to work that these rules had to be followed and had to be a certain way because I learned that life works based off these rules, discipline, policy, and things like that. These yeah. kids, if they don't get if, if they don't get it young, they'll never get it. It's not gonna happen. It's it's funny that you say that, man, because even as an adult, like me, my discipline on certain things is just not as is not what I felt it should be. Because again, like my mom, she was she was real strict, but she wasn't disciplined. She wasn't disciplined. She tried to discipline us, but she wasn't disciplined in the things that she was saying and the things that she was doing. So yeah. when I became an adult. M- when I tried to like create routines and stuff like that, first off, if it, I think sports was like the first, my first real test of like being disciplined, like having to weigh a certain much, have to eat a certain thing. Yeah, we never have had to that. like a male figure telling me what to do because I never had a male figure like screaming in my face or telling me I had to do something. I had to be responsible for listening or I wouldn't be able to participate in sports. Otherwise, I would have been like, who you, who you talking to? Like who you talking to like that? But I knew that if I wanted to play in this game or if I wanted to participate in these sports, then I had to do what this man was saying. And that was the first time I encountered somebody literally setting boundaries and like disciplining me without ever having to put his hands on me because it wasn't nothing my coach wouldn't tell me to do that I wasn't going to do. And this man never put his hands on me, but somehow, some way. He was able to to get everybody. That's the one thing about coaches, man. They coaches, a good mm-hmm. coach will have you scared of, of shit. That's like, man, let me. I better read. I better do my homework. My mom telling me to do my homework. I don't even do my homework. And coach over here, he telling me I better do my homework. He telling me I better run these laps that I really don't want to run, and I don't even want to figure out what happened 
if if I go against this man, if I get smart with this man. I don't even want to put my drink down a certain type of way for him to interpret that I got an attitude over here for him to say something to me. But you made a good point in saying that. So the point of your podcast, correct me if I'm wrong, is about males raising mm-hmm. their sons, right? Yes, sir. Yes, you sir. You just said it. Your mom could have told you to do your homework. Mm-hmm. And you would have looked at her and said, mm, all right, you're not going to disrespect her, but you know, you're going to procrastinate. That's just how, just how it was. Yeah, but that male figure could have told you the same thing, and you're gonna get a different reaction. I don't Mm -hmm. care what no young cop says in this and in this world, every young man wants some type of male authority figure in their life, whether they have it or not. And the thing about it is it just takes the right person to bring it out of them. You'll never see it if a kid doesn't want to listen, but once they have that respect for somebody. Then you'll start to see that change. Like, you'll see it. But every young male wants some type of male figure in their life. I did it. It's a reason we looked up to drug dealers. It's a reason that we looked up to guys on the block. We didn't look up to the females with the money. And there was plenty of them. Yeah. And these guys wasn't even in our life, like, in our household to do things for us. But yet, we're still looking at these men like they're powerful. Why? Because we want every child wants some type of male authority figure in their life. You can't say that you don't. There's a reason that you portraying these people that you don't know. You're not portraying these females. You're portraying a male image because you want some type of male authority figure in your life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you. I agree with you. I, I see it because, um, man, a lot of these guys, the first encounter that they have with a male authority is one of two people, and the and the respect level is through the roof. Is either going to be with a police officer, is going to be with a lawyer, is going to be with a judge, and when you see the way that they react or interact with these three type of people versus other people just on the street, it'd be a totally different, a totally different interaction. Like the way that they talk, yes sir, no sir. I won't do that. I'm not going to do this. Like the respect level is through the roof. So we got to we gotta set these disciplines, man, early. But that exp- that's why I'm a big advocate of people that look like us taking those positions and those roles of authority figure to take, to be disciplined, to get these kids images to look at it. Because growing up, I told all, and all my friends know, and I got friends that's locked up. I got friends that committed plenty of crimes, all that. And they will tell you, since I was in school, I would have went to school and been a cop. Not because I want anybody locked up, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> but not because I want to, you know, change. I want young black men to see the only way to change the stigma, you hate the cops, you hate ever all this, is to take over. You have to be in those rooms to even change things. Like that's what kids don't get, but you... Kids don't respect those same people that you mentioned. Not anymore. Maybe when we was growing up. But these kids will be in the middle of getting arrested and still be cursing cops out. I've seen it. They have no respect. I worked in the juvenile detention center. I would take kids up to um to the to the um they would go to court and we would be in the cell block. And of course, DOC would come in through the cell block, and these guys are locked up over 18. And these guys will be talking to the guards at DOC because they were in juvenile detention. They didn't have to encounter with them. But they would be sitting there talking about 
the uh, inmates. They'll be in there talking about the guards. And I'm telling these kids, one day, at the rate y'all going, you'll be in DOC. And those same guards that you disrespected, that you don't want to, you know, show respect to, they'll be the ones housing over you, making sure you got to eat, telling you when to have a shower, and things like that. These kids, like I said, when they, they don't get it at home, they'll never have it. So yeah. I've seen it. They can't, I've seen kids, they don't respect their parents. So this generation is different because, like I said, the people that they want to be like are not the people that they have in their lives. Mm-hmm. It's going to take the right person to step up to be in their lives, somebody they want to respect. If those kids don't want to respect them, then it's not going to work out. Those kids don't want to respect police officers. The only people, like I said, we they respect actors, athletes, rappers, and things like that. And half those guys are lying about their image. So these guys is out here doing the dumbest things because the only figures that they'll respect and take heed to are people that they shouldn't. Mm. Mm. Crazy. The mindset has completely changed for the youth. Athletes aren't even the same. Yeah. But like these kids won't they they won't go to practice. They have no respect for their coaches. I coach youth football and I had kids, these kids that were 14, a couple of them. They could care less. <coughs> so you just got to know your kid when it comes to discipline. You got to know, and you have to do it. You have to be active. You got to be consistent. You have to be consistent. And I struggle with it. Like I said, I think I get that from my mom. I, I'm strict, but as far as punishments, or I might tell you we're not going somewhere because of how you acted the day before, and I'll probably still take them. I got kids, my kids are spoiled. That's something that I lack on. But there's an open discussion. I would love to have input from anybody. You, Marquise, they got your Instagram, I'm sure. If anybody got any type of different answers or more input, please reach out to me. I will take any type of information and education I can get. And listen, that, and that's that's the biggest thing, fellas, man. We all, we learning, we growing. And um, this is a lifelong journey. It's a lifelong journey, man. The day that you stop learning... It's the day that you die, man, because we always learning. We can always learn something from somebody. And, um, again, that's what the whole the whole purpose of this podcast is, man, like, to just help us grow and become better fathers um, so that our children can benefit from us. Because it's, it's nothing that, that growing and learning won't do positively for the next generation. Like, it's nothing bad that can come from that. It's only going to be good. It's only going to be growth, and it's only going to be more success. Man, don't be scared to make mistakes. Don't be. Like I said, a lot of this, a lot of people that's listening, and a lot of black men, majority of us, like Marquis, your favorite saying, the whole thing is, we first generational fathers. Mm -hmm. So we don't know the answers. I know I don't. So that's the thing. Like, we made this podcast for open discussion. Anybody got answers? I want to hear them. I, I, I would love to. Bro, actually, I ain't even tell them. So, uh, tell tell the audience where they can uh, find you at, man. Tell us, tell us where we can find your football team at for any support for that. Tell us where we can find you on IG. What's your IG? What's the what's the team's IG? Give us that. Give us that good contact information. Oh man, I'm not big on social media at all. But um, if you're really looking for me, you can definitely find me on uh the football on our football page. You can find me at de Steelers underscore three o two. We based in Dover, but we'll take kids from anywhere that want to come out and play from the ages of five to fourteen. We got our own facility field, 
helmets, all that come out. And uh, my personal Instagram, if anybody want to hit me up to discuss anything we talked about or got any suggestions, my personal Instagram is uh, Anyla, A-N-Y-L-A, D-A-D, 4-2. That's my daughter's name. <clears throat> so, yeah, you go ahead and reach out to me. You'll probably be hearing from me a little bit more often if bro want me on here. I appreciate you. you know, I already told you, man. You probably gonna be my new co-host because uh, every time we every time we we get good discussions, man, it, it's always it's always so much to learn and digest to take in. But fellas, man, this has been a good discussion. And uh, just in case nobody has told you lately, I love you. We love you. Let's get it. Oh yeah, I'm gonna say 